0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Matt Freeman this week. Uh, Matt Friedman, I left out the D there. So, over the next couple of weeks on the show, before the NFL draft, I want to start to get into some of the guys a little bit deeper down the board uh, that, you know, cause we got to create um, insecure emotional attachments to these guys. We got to find our next Jeff Janitz. We got to find our next Moritz Boringer. Like that's really where the fun in this game comes from. And we've already done, I I've talked about with Matt. I think we did a show on the wide receivers like three weeks ago. Uh, I did one with Karain where, you know, we went through a lot of the rookie running backs. So we're going to start to get a little bit deeper down the board. Matt, you're list today, but we're fighting through. Yeah, it's uh, it's painful.
0: I'm yet to uh, get a pack because I was, you know, relatively late uh, in comparison to a lot of people on Twitter, relatively late into the Top Shot game. So I haven't gotten a pack yet. Still a newbie in the marketplace. Have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, But, you know, hopefully I get a pack and then that can serve as like the seed through which the plant of riches will
1: grow. Yeah. So there are four wide receivers that I think no one argues about. I think that is Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. And I'm going to include Rashad Bateman in the no one wants to argue about him of listeners to this podcast people who are big NFL guys will argue with you about Rashad Bateman. Like I, my guess is that like, uh, Matt Miller from bleacher report and a lot of those guys, like my guess is that those are not going to be big Rashad Bateman guys. He's not, uh, his film, let me get my hand in the dirt here his film doesn't really leap out to you in a way that like Kadarius tony's does because Kadarius tony makes lots of plays after the catch and he's breaking tackles and he's juking guys um but like bateman just runs a bunch of slants he just he just runs slants and catches everything and thrown his way so my but amongst fantasy football people like is anyone taking the dissenting opinion on bateman at this point i don't i have not heard it yet
0: I don't think so. Uh, you know, he has a lot of things that the rotovizy type of uh, analyst would desire. Uh, and even in his his, uh, you know, abbreviated 2020 season, he still had 472 yards in five games. You know, like this, this guy, yep. like he, he feels very legit. And you're right. He doesn't have the flashiness um, of some of the other players in this class, but he has sort of like the I don't I don't ever want to compare anyone to Devontae Adams, but like he feels a little Devontae Adams-ish to me in terms of like the way that he's built, you know, like 6'2", 210. He's not like a freak athlete by any means like he's just a guy like if he develops into a legit nfl super superstar i think it will be like the two things will be like okay one he was productive at a an early age in college uh just like we saw out of Devonte adams and then two he just became a really good route runner in the NFL, which you maybe could have predicted based on all of the other things that he had going along with him coming into the NFL. But yeah, I don't think anyone who's kind of on our side of the ledger is down on Rashad Bateman.
1: Yeah, all right. So I want to start with the guy who I expect to be the most contentious amongst the film watchers versus numbers nerds. And that is going to be Kadarius Tony, who... If you just looked at his RotoViz stuff, like if you looked at his Dominator ratings, everything, he's like basically a non-prospect. He is 22 years old. He had three seasons with a sub 10% Dominator rating. In 2019, he was ninth, ninth on Florida in receptions. Now, granted, he was playing Tyree Cleveland, Freddie Swaim, Michael P Ryan, Van Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, all NFL players, right? Tyree Cleveland on an NFL roster, Freddie Swain on an NFL roster. So you can give him a break a little bit, a little, if you, if you wanted to take the positive viewpoint, you'd say, well, you know, how much shame is there in playing behind those guys? The difference is Tyree Cleveland undrafted free agent, uh, Freddie Swain, I believe an undrafted free agent, though I'm not going to go look that up right now. It's possible that he was selected in like the fifth round by the Seahawks. seems like something they would do. And then Van Jefferson, second round pick Kyle Pitts going to be a first round pick. But even if you account for all of that, final season, twenty one point nine is his age. He's twenty two now. Twenty two percent Dominator rating did not even lead the Florida Gators in most receiving categories uh, because that goes to uh, Kyle Pitts. I, Kyle Pitts missed time, so if you you have to do it per game, but per game Kyle Pitts was better than Kadarius Tony. I will not draft Kadarius Tony in any of my drafts and I expect there's even a fairly decent chance he goes in the first round but I just this is this is the profile of someone that does not end up on my teams
0: he he is I think likely to go in the first round he is getting enough hype in respected mock drafts to where I think there's a pretty good chance he goes in round one if not round one round two I think at the absolute latest uh and yeah I mean you laid the case out for him uh for why people should be Uh, extremely pessimistic I mean breakout age is incredibly important and he just doesn't have it right like he didn't break out until his senior season Um, now I should say the one thing that he will have going for him in addition to draft uh, just draft position being a first rounder the one thing you will have going for him is you know like quote unquote like versatility uh, which like we do like Uh, I mean, he was a guy who had 66 carries in college, 582 yards, two touchdowns as a runner, had production as a punt returner, as a kick returner. So like he has those peripheral things that you want in players when you're drafting them. Not necessarily because like, oh, this guy's going to be used in that way in the NFL, but it speaks to a larger skill set that a guy has, a, a playmaking ability that he has. So in terms of those peripheral things, uh, Kadarius Tony has those, but that's pretty much all he has. And on, I mean, I don't know. Like if I'm in sharper leagues it's weird if i'm in sharper leagues i'm actually probably likely to take him just because he can be he's doing... a
1: first round wide receiver who goes 206 or whatever yeah,
0: exactly and so in sharper leagues there's a decent chance I'll, I'll be the donkey who takes him because i like the primacy of uh of draft capital with me and then guys who have uh this profile of like they produce as receivers runners and returners th- those guys are my kryptonite like C- corduroy patterson you know like that's that's the Do kind not, of guy okay
1: don't put Kadarius okay, okay. Tony in the okay, same, but you,
0: but you get bucket. what I'm saying. Like a guy yeah. who's a, a guy, who's a first rounder who only has one season of production and it's kind of distributed, but like, okay, he's got athleticism and he's a first rounder and uh, he produces in a variety of ways. Those are the guys I'm going to want. Uh, and so in a sharper draft, Kadarius Tony might be someone that I take, but I'm thinking like in a normal rookie draft, Tony probably won't be someone that I'm investing in.
1: Yeah. I, I think that seems um, about fair. It just, it just seems very unlikely for him to, I mean, maybe, maybe the chiefs take him uh, maybe the Buccaneers take him to replace Chris Godwin or something. And then, and sure, then whatever, then I'll, I'll eat, like the same thing with like McCole Hardman who had like zero production or whatever. It's like, right. yeah, I end up, I end up selling myself on that guy, but you know, if, if, if he goes to the Eagles or, you know, whatever, I mean, just pick, pick your team. And I, I like Jalen Hurts obviously, but, um, yeah, it just seems unlikely that Kadarius Tony ends up on a ton of my teams. So I don't know, Rondale Moore. I started out being off of him, but I, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, big. I was. I was wrong. I was wrong on Rondale Moore um, for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, yeah, he is really short. But two, it's just like you can't really hold the injuries against him to that extent. But the I think the the big flashing by signal is that he really hasn't played since he was 18 like i think seven games since he was 18 but the nfl i think is not going to care i think he's going to be a second round draft pick with by the way in those seven games he played still really good per game production uh i think he had like when he was 20 i think he had 15 150 and one against ohio state um and you know and then immediately got injured and maybe injuries will plague him as a pro too because again he's like five, seven, you know he's not he's not a big guy but also this is a guy that i would have felt comfortable writing off regardless in 2014 but the way nfl teams get the ball to wide receivers now is just very different and there are so like dexter mccluster who was like a total joke of a player in fantasy football when he played dexter mccluster would now get 120 touches a year and be like the wide receiver 19 like just because of how the nfl works now
0: yeah, I mean, uh, Dexter McCluster was sort of like the the proto Tyree Hill, except Tyree like is obviously so much more athletic. But you know, like when when the Chiefs drafted Tyree Hill, they still had Dexter McCluster, and it was like, okay, maybe Tyree Hill becomes what they the Chiefs wanted Dexter McCluster to become. And ever since Tyree Hill's breakout, we have seen speedy guys like Hill, like and then think Will Fuller, right? Guys getting catapulted up the yeah. draft board because they have this elite speed and Rondell Moore, like he's got it. He was, he was the fastest recruit entering college in his class. Uh, the number one Nike spark athlete in his class. So like, we know he's got athleticism. Like there's a real chance he runs in the four twos. Uh, I mean, he was running a, a 4.33 when he was a 17 year old high school recruit. Like this guy has got it. And it, it's not as if like, it's uh, it's like weak athleticism this dude can squat like 400 500 pounds you, I don't, did you, I don't see, even, his yes. did you yes. see his vertical leap did you see his
1: vertical leap unreal like yeah. he's
0: like he is a a true athlete uh and then he's got the skills on top of that whereas an 18 year old true freshman he had you know 1258 yards receiving 12 touchdowns and then on top of that 21 carries for 213 yards two rushing touchdowns. Like he's just, he's got everything. Uh, He was also a pretty good return man his freshman year too. So he's, he's got everything that you would want. He's still young. Uh, He has the early breakout age uh, and, and breakout year. As you mentioned, he's had only seven games in the past two years, which like is a little bit of a red flag, but I think certain I think actually a lot of teams are going to dismiss what happened in 2020 because of COVID, and then 2019 it was just a, like a, a fluke injury. As long as he's fine in uh, in pro day or pre-draft workouts, whatever it is, I think teams are just going to look at the uh, the pedigree he had as a high school recruit, the athleticism he showed then, and then what he did as an 18-year-old true freshman. And they're just going to be on him. I don't think he's going to go on day one, but certainly on day two. And I mean, at that point, like, honestly, if not for Jamar Chase, Rondale Moore would be my number one.
1: Wow. There we go. I mean, I would, I would rather take Rondale Moore with what he is going to cost than Devonta Smith with yes, what he is going absolutely. to cost for sure. Yeah. yeah. So we're both in on Rondale Moore. I, I, again, I expect that to not be contentious amongst dynasty nerds. Like I expect, you know, dynasty nerds to like Rondale Moore more than like the average NFL fan, or even even more than like dynasty, like uh, number nerds, as opposed to the the grind the tape. Well, I don't know. Rondale Moore looks pretty freaking great on tape, too. Yeah, so, he does. He does. Yeah. I, I so, think a lot of people are going to be in on him. Yeah. All right. Marquez Stevenson, I don't have an age for him. Do you have an age for Marquez Stevenson? Because if he's like 23, it's a little bit different to me. I don't have an age for him so marquez stevenson uh he did not play he played he, he showed up in one game had one catch for 36 yards in 2016 that he's got yeah he's probably 23 because then it, he didn't play in 2017 but then he had a 23% dominator rating 75 a thousand 75 receptions a thousand yards then in 2019 uh, 52 receptions for 907 yards and nine touchdowns, a 42% dominator rating. Then pl- I, I, he played only in five games. I guess I, I literally don't even know. I guess Houston probably had COVID stuff that ended up happening, or maybe he got hurt. Uh, yeah, no, he, he he must have gotten hurt because they played eight games, but he still was the best per game wide receiver on the team Do you have thoughts on Marquez Stevenson? I have
0: almost no thoughts on Marquez Stevenson. And I'll say it's like, it's a a deliberate uh, strategy that I am employing this year and employing last year uh, or employed last year, where I'm trying not to focus on guys that I think are going to have zero NFL impact. And that means that at points I'm going to be wrong, but um, like, I don't think he's a candidate to be drafted within the first four rounds. I don't think he's even like, I think there's a chance he even goes undrafted. Uh, he's like 5'10", 182 pounds. A I mean, redshirt, he, he is a, a, a total, senior,
1: um, do you know. remember Devery Henderson? Yes. I kind of get that vibe from, or you know what? Maybe a Jalen Guyton kind of vibe where I think he's fast enough that some team will see, because I, I, I watched a little bit of him this morning and he does seem to me fast enough. To have an impact at the NFL level, but again, I mean, obviously, if he's an undrafted free agent, then what's the point?
0: I mean, maybe I just I'm doubtful that he's going to go within the first three rounds, like especially first three rounds, but even round four, I'm I'm kind of doubtful. Maybe he goes in round five, and that makes him this year's uh, Darnell Mooney if he actually has that kind of speed, and and maybe he does. He was a three star recruit, so like maybe he actually does have legit athleticism but I'm a little bit skeptical. And then the fact that he's, uh, he's, he had a torn ACL, uh, in 2017. Um, I think that's something to bump him down the board a little bit more for NFL teams. And then, yeah, he's a red shirt senior who's smaller. I'm just, I'm pretty skeptical. He's the yeah. kind of guy I would have obsessed about eight years ago. Yeah.
1: He, Devonta Davis. Do you remember him? Yes. Yeah. That's giving me very similar vibes. Um, OK, uh, a higher up prospect, Elijah Moore, not like insane, you know, uh, like not Jamar Chase raw totals, but a 45 percent dominator rating in the SEC at 19 than a 36 percent dominator rating at 20 in the SEC. I don't know anything about his expected combine stuff. You know, I would assume I, I think he's a little bit smaller of a guy. He, he's listed as a little bit smaller. Um Are you, but just from looking at his market share stuff and his breakout age, he looks like a very strong buy?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's going to be a 21 year old rookie, and uh, you know, you just talked about what he did last year in the sec. 8 games, had 8 touchdowns, almost 1200 yards receiving. I mean, he's like he's a legit guy, but as you say, he is smaller. Yeah, 5'9, five, five, 185. Yeah, 5'9, 185. He was a four-star recruit, so like he does have legit ability, but a a team that drafts him is just going to have to know like okay, we're probably going to use him in the slot and that's maybe like quote unquote all that he is. And in today's NFL, like I think that's fine. But it just means that he's he's not as versatile, he's not as usable as some other guys who might be going a little bit later. He's not like a, a quote unquote alpha. He feels like basically Randall Cobb. You know what I mean? Like, except probably more athletic.
1: Yeah. Um Randall Cobb was really good when he was good though.
0: Right, right. Exactly. And that's the kind of thing where like you could see Elijah Moore having a couple of really good seasons. I just don't know if he's ever going to be a dominator, right? Like if he feels like a very strong number. He
1: feels kind of Curtis Samuel to me where he'll always have his believers, but like, and, and maybe have a, a, like a six game stretch where he racks up like 40 catches or something like just, you know, absolutely goes on a tear, but is unlikely to be like the wide receiver 13 in back-to-back years or something like that, but also probably a second round rookie draft pick this year i would imagine because i think there are going to be because the quarterbacks will get pushed up in superflex obviously like in superflex there might be three quarterbacks that go in the first round and then even in regular dynasty i think lawrence will be a first like one quarterback i think lawrence will be a first rounder and then fields will go like 202 or something even in single quarterback
0: yeah and if that's the case then i will want elijah Moore everywhere uh, I, I think he probably deserves to go in the first round of rookie drafts, like near the end of the first round. So if he slips beyond that, and, and this is with my expectation that he's probably going in the second round of the NFL draft. Um, but if he happens to go in the first round, obviously, I think that will bump up his uh, his draft capital in rookie uh, dynasty drafts. But even if he's the second rounder, if he's falling into the second round, I think that's tremendous value for him.
1: Yeah. All right, next guy, Amon Ross St. Brown. Pretty interesting because he so he had sixty receptions, seven hundred and fifty yards as a nineteen-year-old. I I believe he was a redshirt freshman, but breakout. I mean, I know that we we fiddle-faddle about the thresholds, but twenty-two percent Dominator rating. I'm gonna go like that's a breakout age to me. If you're starting for a Power Five team and you are good as a nineteen-year-old, like that's a good enough. That's good enough for me. Then. Take a, took a little i mean he kind of took a step back in terms of dominator rating in 2019 but i wonder do you do this air raid schools when when schools transition to the air raid i i care about dominator rating just a little bit less because those systems are naturally designed to throw the ball to like 16 guys like you know right. wash like washington right. state style offense it's like you'll have third string running backs who catch 15 passes there and it kind of dilutes the dominator rating stuff and then in only six games as a junior, 33% dominator rating. What interests me about him is I'm pretty sure he can play inside or outside 6'1", 195. And just from watching him a little bit at USC, because, you know, they would always be the late game on Saturday night. You you, like, you could just watch more USC games. I, I just kind of like him. Like I just I just have a, a predisposition to like him. Three Three years of starting wide receiver production – Seems solid to me is not, uh, you know, not an overly young prospect. He'll be 21 when the season starts, but, you know, probably will be a second or third round pick. Can be cast inside or outside kind of a solid, but not spectacular wide receiver. I like, I don't think he's going to post like a 8 40 or anything like that but looks like a guy who can tra- kind of Gabriel Davisy, where he can transition right away and to be like, oh, you can just throw him out there as your third wide receiver and he gets the job done just fine and then can build on that.
0: Yeah, the Gabriel Davis comparison is interesting because like we've seen Davis in this past year play in the slot and play outside to where he's basically the number one backup for all of the wide receivers. For receiver. all the positions. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think you're right in that St. Brown could play that way. Uh, I believe this past year he was used primarily in the slot, but I think he does have the size and athleticism to play on the perimeter. He was like a four five star recruit. Uh, so like he certainly has skills. and I think he actually was a uh, a true freshman. Uh, I don't think he redshirted a year. Uh, and so you know, it is impressive to see what he did right away. And then especially this past season, uh, USC played, I believe, only six games, uh, yeah. but he still had 478 yards, seven touchdowns, like was really the dominator within that offense in his final season. So like you you saw a progression from him each year within his offense and never at any point did he do anything that would lead you to to believe that uh, the hype he had when he was entering college as a four or five star recruit that that was like misguided in any way. I don't think he's going to go, uh, on day one, as you mentioned, like, uh, rounds two and three, like that's the wheelhouse for where he should go. But even like not going on day one, he should have enough draft capital, uh, with his skills to make him someone, uh, I think worthy of like a low round one or early round two investment in rookie drafts.
1: Yeah. I'm with you for sure. Speaking of quarter uh, L Patterson types, Tutu Atwell, uh, University of Louisville, played at 19, uh, was able, you know, a 14% dominator rating at 19, whatever, 39% dominator rating at 20, nine games, 32% dominator rating at 21, 5'9, 165, kind of similar to Rondale Moore in that way, but probably is going to put up a four three forty, you know, four three five, something like that. He was actually a dual threat quarterback in college, which I like I just always kind of find or in college, in high school, which I always think is, you know, sort of interesting. And what apparently according to reports, and obviously, you know, you take this stuff with a grain of salt, he has a timed 42740 under his belt. Obviously, that's gonna get that's gonna get the uh, the juices falling. I mean, probably will be closer to four, three, five with a laser timer. I would imagine.
0: I will take the over on that. Not to be uh, an, a naysayer or anything, but I, I don't know. And I got into trouble with uh, Justin Jefferson. Like, there is always the possibility that these guys uh, really through training through, you know, building their bodies in college really can improve their athleticism. But, you know, Atwell had at 141 pounds uh, as a recruit, which is just right. unreal. He had a 4.5 second 40 time. So, you know, we're, we're entering into this knowing that he's added on, we'll say 25 pounds. And even if it's 25 pounds of pure muscle, he's still going to be incredibly small for the NFL And he still has to shave at least a 10th of a second off of his 40 time. Uh, I mean, but even then you have a 165 pound guy who's run running only a four, four, and he was only a three star recruit. Like, I know he has good numbers, but I'm just a little bit skeptical that um, the production from college is going to be able to overcome what I anticipate will be a slightly less than desirable physical output.
1: I, I, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be pretty landing spot dependent for me. Like, if he goes to, uh, you know, one of the the Bills, the Chiefs, uh, the Buccaneers, you know, just like one of those teams. Well, maybe not even the Buccaneers. Like, they're not gonna use a trick play guy like that. But I would be potentially interested in him, depending on landing spot. Um, Sage Surratt. Let me say
0: something. He's the kind of guy I want to like. Yeah. I'm just, I like, I know that I want to like him. And so I'm trying to fight like my bias a little bit more on him. And like, just realistically, I don't feel he's
1: going to pan out. Yeah. Um, All right. Sage Surratt, 19% dominator rating as a freshman, 39% dominator rating as a sophomore, sat out in 2020. He is a big dude. He is 6'3", 215 probably. Uh, and it might even be a little bit bigger than that. He was a redshirt freshman as well. So, like, he's gonna be the overage prospect, but a lot of production. I also expect him to be able to play outside or in the slot. He was like a super high volume guy in 2019 for Wake Forest with uh, Jamie Newman, who, by the way, I think I saw that, uh, that you really like. But Sage Sherratt is just one of those guys who piled up production when he was on the field, I expect him to be a day two pick. I expect him to be absolutely free in rookie drafts. I don't think he's the type of profile that gets people really jazzed up. Like, I don't think people are going to be rushing to their drafts, you know, to, to to get Sage Surratt. So like literally like kind of, kind of fourth round rookie picks. And he's a guy with the production and the ACC that I'm interested in.
0: Yeah. uh, I, I want him like, uh, I just, I want him hard, but I don't think it's, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's going to go on day two. Maybe, maybe he will. Maybe he surprises me, but I think he's more of a day three guy, which means I I know I just need to be a little more skeptical of him, but yeah, the production he had in 2019, only nine games, but still had over a thousand yards, uh, 11 touchdowns uh, sitting out. I think last year, for him, because he wasn't really someone who was super hyped among like the uh, the kind of like NFL draft community, yeah. like I I think it actually probably hurt him a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean he's he's got the size. I don't think he's overly athletic, but with his size, I don't know if it actually matters that much. And he's got the college production, so I'm interested. It's just going to be a matter of does he actually sneak into round three?
1: Yeah, I think he could i think it's probably like yeah round round three round four that that's if that's he's the in right round range. four
0: that that's fine i mean like think of gabriel davis last year going in round four you know uh there aren't really all that many round four guys who provide value but the guys who do who look like Surratt or who look like davis like those guys can provide value so Um, he's, he's someone who's going to be extremely, uh, draft position dependent and then also maybe landing spot dependent.
1: Yeah. All right. I want to wait for, for physical workout numbers before planning this flag, but I think Tylan Wallace looks like the guy that I'm going to be drafting the most of, because, you know, when you have third round picks, you can take whoever you want. Your ADP is just not as much of a constraint there. So barely barely plays, gets in a couple of games, has seven receptions as an 18 year old, 36% dominator rating, 85 receptions, 1500 yards, 12 touchdowns as a 19 year old in 13 games. Uh, 50% dominator rating, not not a typo, 50% dominator rating as a 20 year old, 41% dominator rating in nine games in 2020. I, I know he got banged up. I believe I believe that 2019 injury that ended his season was, a torn ACL. I think that he will probably time slow. I think he'll probably time at like a, a four or five, like a four or five five, and he's not going to be like a giant guy either. I um, he, he think he'll be about six one ninety probably. But guys with this level of production for multiple seasons who get discounted due to injury stuff, who get discounted just for a lot of different reasons, guys get discounted. But I, he again strikes me as a guy undervalued in the nfl draft and then just immediately shows up ready to play like he just immediately shows up ready to be the third wide receiver for a good team
0: yeah i i like him a lot uh you laid out the the case for him there with uh especially his 2018 and then 2019 seasons uh yeah i mean he's he's got the production i really wish uh he would have been able to enter the nfl uh in, in different circumstances. Uh like he wouldn't have gotten injured at the end of 2019 and then he he could have come into the season there. Or, you know, maybe he'd been a redshirt, so he could have entered after 2018, whatever it is. Like I thought he was going to be a first rounder uh whenever he entered the NFL. And then obviously uh circumstances converged. That's not going to happen. I still think he has a chance to go on day two. But even if he doesn't, if, even if he's a round four guy, he he will be interesting uh as a recruit uh he was a four-star guy like a true four-star guy uh like his skill was unquestioned he got offers to you know Oklahoma Notre Dame like serious schools wanted him uh and I think he chose Oklahoma State just because he liked the wide open offense and, and thought he would have the chance to put up a lot of numbers there but he's like he's a real prospect uh who might just fall farther in the draft because of circumstances outside of his control but yeah he's he's one of the guys you can think about as a round three round four guy and you can get him you probably don't even need to get him in the second round of a rookie draft you can probably get him a little bit later than that um it just got it just kind of depends but I would be fine taking him in round two of a rookie draft like I think he will you you will not have to yeah you won't, won't you won't have to but like I think he should be valued there
1: yeah Okay, a guy I, I I don't need him to time to know that I want to plant my flag. Jalen Darden, 61% dominator rating his final season at the University of North Texas. I think that he will probably time at 4-4. He can make a roster via special teams. He should be able to function as a kick returner and a punt returner. Just if you put up a 61% dominator rating, And you played with multi because he was on a roster with Jalen Guyton and Jeff Wilson Jr., other NFL players his years uh the the years before. I mean, just 61% dominator rating. I'm taking you in the fourth round. Like I just that's I don't I don't care if he's an undrafted free agent. Um, I think he will get drafted. But even if he doesn't, just give me Jalen Darden. I'm playing I'm I'm planting the flag. All right. I I think he
0: probably will be drafted. I think it will be Uh, no earlier than round four and even round four would surprise me he feels like yeah he day day three round round five to round seven is probably where he goes Um, I'm gonna be pessimistic here and I'll take the over on his speed Um, he wasn't a highly recruited guy I, I know he's five nine and 174 pounds and so you think if he has this type of production he's probably fast and like not to say that he's slow but with the the competition that he had at Unt, I don't think he really needed to be all. Yeah, that if
1: fast. he was a four three guy, he would have been at Alabama, not at North Texas.
0: Right. So I, I don't know. Like his production is it's amazing. Like it, it's unquestioned. Uh, like I want him to do awesome in the NFL, just because he he is the type of guy that I like. I just don't think it's likely to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I so one thing I've started to think about with these day three picks is just like what's their path to just sticking on a roster long enough to figure out like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is not going to be on an NFL roster next year, probably <laughs> because he can't play special teams. He, he, he never, he didn't really do it at Stanford. Cause he was a star. If you're a star wide receiver, you don't really have to play special teams in college. And he also wasn't fast enough or quick enough to be a punt returner. It was either you make it as a wide receiver right away, or we move on from you. And I think that Atwell. By the way, this is true for. I think Wallace. This is true for. And I think it should be true for Darden that they can have a role on special teams to just keep them on the roster for a year. You, you, they're just they just uh, they're able to figure it out. They're able to learn the position. Byron Pringle for the Chiefs. I mean, Byron Pringle might be a Chiefs starting wide receiver next year if they let yeah. if they if they let Demarcus Robinson and. Uh, Sammy Watkins go and they decide to spend money on defense and on the offensive line yeah. Byron Pringle might start at wide receiver for the Chiefs <laughs> right. and the reason why he's stuck on the roster is he's a that good depends. special teamer yeah. and I think that you could see that play out with Darden I mean and I'm not even saying that is the bull case but it's just something I'm starting to wait with these round three and round four picks is just, if you have something to offer an NFL team to stick them on your roster, they're going to be more incentivized to develop you in other ways. Like just even getting to practice as an NFL wide receiver, I I I think seems valuable.
0: Yeah. I, I think you're, I'm torn in different directions because I'm thinking even if Darden sticks with a roster and I think you're right. He has a good chance to stick on a roster, but even if that happens, what is his range of outcomes? Like, is he ever going to be someone who really makes a difference in fantasy? And my my feeling is no. Like, even if he has a solid NFL career and is like a 10-year veteran, I think he's not going to make a, a difference. Like, I would rather take a shot on a guy who maybe doesn't have the, the same odds of sticking on a roster, but if he's able to stick, actually might have higher upside. Like, however it is that you you want to try to quantify that or conceptualize it. And, and so, like, Tylen Wallace, I think, has a, a higher ceiling. And so, he's the guy I would prefer. I over- mean,
1: Tylen Wallace could just be a starting wide receiver. Like, he could just be a normal 80-catch, yeah. 1,000-yard, eight-touchdown wide receiver right. at his 90th percentile. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens for Darden. I'd
0: right, say someone like Sage Surratt. Like, yeah. who I don't, I don't think has, uh, sort of like this special teams ability, you know, like Darden actually was a good return man in college. He has that functionality in the NFL. Surratt doesn't, I would rather have Surratt because if things work out for him, I still think he could be like a real legitimate NFL starting wide receiver who maybe has a couple seasons with like a thousand yards or something like that. I don't think we ever get that out of Darden.
1: Yeah. All right. Seth Williams, uh, Breakout age at 19, 25% dominator rating as a redshirt freshman at Auburn, 37% dominator rating as a sophomore, 32% dominator rating as a redshirt junior. Now, he is going to be 22, but he is kind of that prototypical SEC. Uh, I mean, not that he's this good, but a very similar statistical profile to Debo Samuel would be would be uh, oh, although I don't know Debo's age maybe Debo was younger but lead wide receiver for an okay but not great SEC team
0: okay i i cannot stomach the idea that you compared him to Debo which is it hurts my heart but uh i mean like i get it maybe from a
1: receiving perspective yeah Debo had the return and the the rushing
0: yeah so i, I feel like that's a a huge distinguishing uh, factor there but seth williams like i think he's fine i think he's probably going to be one of those guys who goes on day two you know like third round yeah and then, but like i don't look at his production and think that there's anything special i
1: mean so it, just listen to these comps if you give him a day two draft capital in the road of his app if you give him 60 as his draft capital okay. chris, christian kirk anthony miller randall Cobb, robert woods tory smith chris godwin josh reynolds sammy coates like all guys who stuck in the NFL for multiple years um, with, I mean, varying degrees of success on that list, obviously, but a good host of comps.
0: Okay. You just said all of those guys, like almost none of them are guys. Like he feels like Sammy Coates. Like that's the guy I, I, yeah, would have thought I of. who
1: also went to Auburn.
0: Right, but like, I just, I look at him and I see like, okay, like market share looks fine, but he looks like one of these Auburn receivers who goes higher in the draft than he should and then does nothing. Like, I just, I don't look at him and see, I don't know. I look at him and see a guy who had...
1: He seems like like a guy I'll never get because he'll go with the 16th pick of your rookie draft and I just, it's like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. not interested. Like, I'm... Like, I
0: probably am swayed too much by raw stats than I should be, like, relative to market share. Like, I still value market share, but, like, I just look at the raw stats, and I'm like, why would I be interested in a guy who just had 760 yards and four touchdowns in 11 games this past season and did absolutely nothing as a runner or a returner? Like, why would I ever be interested in someone like that?
1: I mean, there is just something about guys who racked up 1,000-yard seasons, right? Like they're yep. just, it's, it's undeniable, but there is just something about right. that round number that, yes. that tickles your brain. Right. Um, a guy that I've already seen get some pub that I can be pretty sure you're not going to be into uh, Dwayne Eskridge, who is at Western Michigan for five years because he uh, got a medical red shirt did have a 44% dominator rating. I would imagine that he's going to be a either 22 or 23 year old prospect. He had a really strong senior bowl was really impressed people at the senior bowl reportedly is going to run like a super fast 40, but this again looks like a guy that I would be taking Sage Sherratt instead of, or, or Talon Wallace instead of.
0: Yeah. He's, he's on the smaller side, 5'9, 190 pounds. He did really ball out in his final season at Western Michigan, 768 yards, eight touchdowns in just six games. Uh, and so like that looks really good, but he did it of course, as a redshirt senior He's had some medical issues. The fact that he's playing at, um, at Western Michigan instead of another school kind of indicates the extent to which he wasn't really highly recruited. The thing is, I think he was a, a uh, defensive back who ended up transitioning to wide receiver. So like it gives a little bit of a ah, hardman. Yeah, it gives a little bit of an explanation as, but still he was a defensive back recruited to Western Michigan and not like recruited to a power five school, but it it gives a little more context as to why it is that, um, he wasn't as productive early in his career because he was transitioning to the other side of the ball. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to see what he runs. If he, if he has a good 40 time, then, you know, I'll be, I'll be interested in him, but, uh, other, otherwise probably not too interested.
1: Um, okay, Tamori and Terry from Florida State. Do you have any big thoughts on him? He did have... Uh, why Why do these guys wait to start playing? He didn't play as a freshman until he was 20, but did have... A thir- I mean, he had three straight seasons of good dominator rating, 31%, 35%, and then 26% in five games. I mean... I don't know. I, it, again, it seems like a guy that the film guys will probably like more. I remember thinking he was really good at Florida State, though, just tuning into a couple of games and thinking that he was solid.
0: Yeah, his final season really didn't do much, but that 2019 season um, had you know almost 1,200 yards, the nine touchdowns. Uh, and, I mean, he just – he looks the part – you know, yeah. like he's got that big body, like 6'4", 210 There pounds. is
1: something to that too. He just he, the, the jersey fits him. Like you just are like, yeah, yeah, you can play. Like he looks like a real, like quote unquote, real wide
0: receiver. And it's, it's worth keeping in mind that the production he had um, in 2019 came in an offense that was just absolute garbage. You know, like everything that uh, people were holding against Cam Akers, like all of that applies to uh, Tamori to and Terry. Um, it was just an offense that really was not able to get anything going. Uh, and he was like the clear number one receiver within that offense, like the disparity between him and every other receiver in that offense like he had 1188 yards in 2019 and then the number two receiver uh, DJ Matthews had 355 yards like it was just him and then a whole bunch of other people but he was always the clear number one in that offense in the receiving game Uh, and, and so like I think that's something to prioritize.
1: Yeah. All right. A guy who, again, I think I'm, I don't know if I'll end up planting a flag, but I think I'm going to be pretty interested in Amari Rogers for Clemson Uh, basically didn't play until his final season. Uh, He suffered an ACL tear while he was in college Uh, in, in 2019. he, uh, He, he tore his ACL. He was able to get back and play some, but obviously was not fully effective. The reason why I wouldn't really hold it against him is if you play wide receiver at Clemson, you are probably behind multiple other NFL wide receivers. And he also has a very interesting body type. He's five nine, but he's 215 pounds. And that is a physical frame. That's like more useful in the NFL now than it used to be. That's like a really good slot wide receiver body style. And, I also think that it'll kind of be a Van Jefferson situation where the NFL will be higher on him than the dynasty market will be. So he has a chance to be one of those second round NFL draft, third round rookie draft picks because of, I mean, really, he, he did not produce much at all at Clemson. Uh, didn't have a thousand yard season until his final year. But I mean, just look, literally just like look at all of the NFL players that he played with while he was there, like so many NFL players.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a similar situation to someone like Jalen Waddell, uh, where you can kind of excuse uh, the fact that he wasn't very productive early
1: on because he was playing with and behind other guys. Yeah, T. Um, Higgins, Justin Ross, Hunter Renfro, I mean, just like so many NFL players, Deion Cain even.
0: Yeah, and the thing you have to like about him is that he does have that versatility. He was productive as a runner, productive as a return man um he, he, as you mentioned like his body type is weird for a receiver he's basically built like a running back who's playing in the slot and that I think that is how he's going to be used um it actually it almost wouldn't surprise me if like the NFL almost tries to convert him to like a third down or like receiving back or something like that but yeah like he's he's an intriguing player uh if he goes on day two then uh certainly he's someone I'll be looking at but um if he falls then he's probably someone i won't pay attention to.
1: Yeah, i that sounds about right. I mean even even with a fourth round draft selection, i think i might be kind of interested in him just based off of that Clemson pedigree and he was yeah. a four-star recruit. Uh drew drew good reviews at the senior bowl, which people laugh at, but like NFL especially this year with the lack of tape and everything, senior bowl stuff is going to is going to push guys up. I i would feel uh, pretty certain about that. Um, Deami Brown, another guy who played with NFL players. He played with two NFL running backs and Daz Newsom, who's going to get drafted as well. 20, uh, you give him a break at age of 20. He had just turned 19 at the start of the 2019 season, 31% dominator rating, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, 30% dominator rating. I expect him to do well at the Combine. I don't expect him to be drafted that high. But again, looking like another target, in the back half of rookie drafts, because he, he kind of has everything. He's got good size. He had good production. I think he'll he'll run a four four five or something like I. It, it just all seems pretty good for him
0: yeah absolutely um as you mentioned he's got good size he's i believe around like 6'1 185 which is okay so listen 185 but i think he's bigger like i think he he
1: looks bigger than that to me
0: yeah like i think he's going to to show up bigger than that um but yeah he was a four-star recruit so like he has legit athleticism like he was he was offered at alabama right and he decided to go to duke but like the fact that alabama was recruiting him like i mean, or sorry. He chose to go to you North Carolina. But yeah. But the fact that Alabama was recruiting him and actually made him an offer, like he's, he's a legit player. He got offers at Ohio state, Oklahoma, Oregon, like he's like, he's a real guy. And then he did, you know, what he did in college with the back-to-back thousand yard uh, receiving seasons. Um, I mean, I think, He should go on day two. He probably won't. Maybe he he sneaks into round three, but he feels like a a round three, round four kind of guy. But uh, out of everyone in this range, he's the one that I probably like the most because, like, I do think he's a legit receiver.
1: Yeah, I think he is a legit receiver too, and I expect him to be fairly cheap. Um, Demetric Felton. This is, uh, I mean, this is the prototype, right? Running back and wide receiver had a couple seasons of doing both in 2019. Uh, 86 rushing attempts, 331 rushing yards, 55 receptions, 595 uh, receiving yards, then 159 receiving yards in six games and 668 rushing yards. I mean, I don't know if the NFL views him as a rusher or a receiver. Hopefully, some team drafts him and views him as a little bit of both. Uh, Lynn Bowdeny, maybe uh Malcolm Perry instead the the Navy quarterback maybe but definitely a guy that I would I mean I can just I already know like just that my drafts are going to come preloaded with him assuming he gets drafted if he's an undrafted free agent then whatever toss him to the wolves but if he I mean what Lynn Bowden got drafted in the third round Third round, right yeah, yeah. so if, I mean I don't expect third round draft capital but fifth round draft capital for Felton to an inter, you know, like uh, an interesting team. Imagine, imagine the uh, the, the Dolphins take him or the, the Jets after they trade for Deshaun Watson or something like that. It's just the Texans, the Texans taking him, maybe. I don't know. Lots of scenarios. Yeah. I mean, he's
0: intriguing. He's got, um, you know, like 5, 10, 200 pounds. He's got like that small running back, like Austin Eckler kind of size to him. Um, and we did see him last year finally used more as a running back than as a wide receiver he'd had to transition earlier in his career from wide receiver to something of a hybrid role but you know last year the the true number one running back for UCLA in just six games had 668 yards rushing five touchdowns and then on top of that the receiving production so I mean he's yeah he's someone who's intriguing and honestly, like whether he is used as a, a third down back, I should also say like he's got the kick return production too. So like, I think he sticks in the NFL. So whether he's used as a, a third down back or receiving back, or he's actually like a full-time receiver who plays almost exclusively in the slot, he's still someone who's going to be really intriguing to me. I'll be curious to see what his athleticism looks like. Um, he was a true three, you know, three slash four-star recruit entering college so i'm assuming that he actually has some legit athleticism and also just kind of based on you know like the tape uh he looks like a guy who has athleticism um but who really knows what that is worth you know i'll I'll just be curious to see what his pro day numbers look like because i i think that will impact where he goes in the draft
1: yeah i think it will impact where he goes in the draft for sure um all right i i mean i think that was all the names i had uh let's see here if there's anyone else interesting we already talked about eskridge nico collins another one of those um big recruits in college who went to michigan and then did nothing tyler vaughn uh from from usc is another one anthony schwartz i've seen people tout this guy but has he has like no production at all was there anyone we missed that you like
0: uh, one guy who has caught my eye. You mentioned uh, Daz Newsome earlier, coming from UNC as someone who will probably be drafted, uh, and then another guy, uh, Marlon Williams, uh, coming out of UCF. Um, we've seen uh, we've seen a number of guys come out of UCF uh, recently and, and have at least some level of production, and Williams feels like the next guy. Uh, in that line of players uh, and so just to kind of look at his stats like last year uh, in only eight games he did have a thousand yards receiving 10 touchdowns in 2019 um, had 717 yards uh, six touchdowns as I, I believe like the uh, the number one guy or let me rephrase that as the guy right after Gabriel Davis uh, and he basically played the Gabriel Davis role this year um, You know, there's nothing that's like extremely interesting about him. Like he doesn't have huge size, but he's six feet, 215 pounds was a three, four star recruit. So like he might have sufficient athleticism, sufficient size. I don't know if he's going to be someone who really has a good chance of turning into a starter. But like, I think if there's a Gabriel Davis in this year's class, like it, it might be Marlon Williams.
1: All right. I he literally was not even he was literally not even on my list but I I like it I'm in uh I guess if I want to tout a couple more names here uh Emeka Easy from NC State he was just like a pure uh possession wide receiver at NC State and then uh, Demonte Coxey was like in that Memphis role of uh, carrying some had two 1,000 yard seasons. I don't know. He probably is just a guy, but like, I, I just am predisposed to be into Memphis players. Cause it feels like Memphis players just always get better in the NFL. Like everyone who yes. goes there just ends up getting better in the NFL.
0: Yeah. They, they just produce stud athletes. Like, I don't know what it is like with their training program or whatever, but like they have a way of bringing guys in and then at the combine or their pro days, these guys just tear it up and are absolute athletic freaks. So uh yeah, there might be something there with Coxie.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, man. I think that should be good for here. Maybe we'll we'll uh we gotta we gotta talk about the tight ends maybe sometime soon. There, there's we'll see if we can is, dig is there, out.
0: Is there anything to say? I mean, there there were three of them. That's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I literally don't know. Like I, I have have so much stuff going on top shots and baseball and like all this stuff that like, I'm, I'm, I'm like systematically working my way through guys of like going through, uh, my spreadsheets and then watching the guys and then trying to develop an, an opinion. So like, I haven't even gotten to tight ends yet.
0: I will, I will save you and your listeners an entire episode, Kyle Pitts. That's basically it. And then after them or after him, there might be two more guys. Uh, I would say Pat uh, Freermuth from Penn State, yeah. and then Brevin and, Jordan, and Brevin Jordan from Miami. Those those are the only guys.
1: That's it. You know, you know, someone is gonna show up and have like a ninety eighth percentile spark, though. Like you yeah, just yes. you, you you can write that. There'll be a Doran Dickerson, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. And so maybe that that fourth guy who randomly that guy. shows
1: up, right? Um, yeah
0: you know, maybe someone, there's one more guy, Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. So like, maybe he will be like the next Notre Dame tight end that people always mention. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's those three guys, Pitt, uh, Pitts, Freyermuth and Brevin Jordan.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, tell people what's going on over at the action network.
0: Yeah. So just starting to, uh, really dig into these rookies. Uh, I had my, uh, version, 2.0 mock draft uh, come out uh, just today as we're recording this Uh, so you can be sure to check that out starting to put out some content uh, for betting on the uh, the props that have to do with the NFL draft and then of course March Madness is coming up uh, and uh, I will be teaming up with Sean corner to provide player projections Uh, for all of the guys who are going to be in March Madness. So you can uh, use that for your prop betting and you can check that out in the, uh, the action labs tool. So a lot going on at action network. Yeah.
1: All right, everyone follow Matt on Twitter, best Twitter handle in the game at Matt F the Oracle. And I'll be back with somebody chatting something as it pertains to dynasty fantasy football.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So,